Welcome to the continuing series of episodes presented by the Union County, Ohio Drug-Free Coalition. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me today are my very special guest. It's Megan Rufty, RA Prevention Educator for the Prevention Awareness Support Services Program, and Mackenzie Marquis, LSW School Navigator with the Mary Haven Program. Hey ladies, welcome to the show. The month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and our program is all about teens' mental health. A CDC Youth Risk Behavior Survey reported that more than one in three high school students experienced persistent feelings of sadness and helplessness in 2019. This is a 40% increase since 2009. Also in 2019, one in six youth reported making a suicide plan in the past year. The students with different racial and sexual orientation had much higher mental health issues. And all of these numbers, boy, they are certainly eye-openers, and they reflect the need for added proactive focus on this critical issue with youth. So I say to both of you, thank you so much for being a part of it and really giving us some great practical information here today. Well, let's move into what some of the major causes are of mental health issues. And right now, you know, the schools are winding down. Many of the students are transitioning into new roles, new jobs, getting ready for college. Are you both seeing an increase in anxiety related to this, Megan? Yes, um, definitely an increase in anxiety and stress, especially for my students as they're transitioning to new schools, going from elementary schools to the intermediate school or the intermediate school to the middle school. So that's definitely been one of their biggest stressors. Mackenzie, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, to second, Megan, I um, I work with younger youth as well. So a lot of them in the last couple of weeks have been touring the new school buildings. Um, and as school is, you know, going to summer, a lot of them are stressed about that change. And I think for a lot of students that we work with, school can also be a safe space. So, you know, going back home um, and out of that routine can be stressful. I have worked with high school students in the past with personal experience and working with those youth. There is a lot of that pressure of feeling like they have to have it all figured out, you know, from societal pressure. It could be parents, you know, putting some pressure on them. So, yeah, I think as everyone's transitioning to all of those things, it's it's putting a lot of stress. And as you mentioned, leads right into the next question I was going to ask you. And again, at this age, we hear a lot about bullying and peer pressure all the time. Megan, comment on that. I've seen a lot of bullying more so in my intermediate school groups. I know with my fourth graders and sixth graders, I teach both of them peer pressure refusal strategies. So hopefully they're able to use those, but definitely seeing a lot of bullying more so towards the end of the school year. And Mackenzie, what about cyberbullying? Yeah, social media and like texting, all of that plays a big part, I think, into peer pressure and bullying. And unfortunately, you know, it then transpires into the school day. So there's there's fights, whether that's verbal. The last few weeks, physical fighting has definitely increased. And I've even, I don't know if it's necessarily peer pressure, but this year in general, there's been a lot of, um, I think, students modeling some negative coping strategies like self-harm. And I think other students are picking up on that. So I don't know necessarily if it's, it's peers pressuring each other, but it's definitely they're observing that and modeling that for one another. Now, during the last two years, of course, it's been there's been a lot of social isolation occurring. We've had all of the hybrid activity going on across the board. So transitioning back into those, quote unquote, new normal uh, routines certainly plays into that. 
what and there's a lot of signs out there that teens really are experiencing some mental health issues we just alluded to some of those factors but we look at other related things what about some of the most common physical and social indicators that you see megan I've seen a lot of my students withdrawing from their friend groups. To speak on what Mackenzie said, I've seen self-harm within a lot of my students. Those are probably the two biggest ones. And add on to that, Mackenzie. Yeah, so definitely social isolation, increase in self-harm, a lot of kids missing school, a lot of truancy issues this year. And just, I think as things are going back to normal, it's hard for kids to, to stay in class. Um, you know, they, they'll get a lot of anxiety panic attacks, going to the school nurse a lot because they feel like they're sick. Yeah, those are the most common. Severe depression and anxiety can also lead to added use of drugs. And these substances have occurred not only in group events, but also they can, they can occur anywhere. And we've seen some tragic things just recently here in, in Columbus where some college students, for example, were, were studying there. I think they were in an apartment or a dorm room taking some anti-anxiety drugs that were end up laced with fentanyl, and they had severe consequences that leaded to two fatalities. So again, that plays into that. What are you seeing here in Union County, Ohio, in terms of that correlation with a severe anxiety and depression leading to drug use, uh, Megan? Seeing it more so with sixth graders, just thinking a lot of them are telling me that they have friends that are vaping, and they're using it as their coping skills. And so just a lot of negative coping skills, like Mackenzie had said. Mackenzie? Yeah, this year in particular, since I don't, my population isn't typically um, teens, I have noticed as well like, kids getting caught with vapes at school. My own students I work with saying they are using vapes to de-stress, sharing vapes with one another. So that, you know, has its own cleanliness issues with it. But yeah, it's really... It's kind of scary to see that, you know, even younger youth are getting access to vapes and using it, using it as a way to cope. Now, we could take the rest of the entire program and just talk about all the negative causes and what's happening out there with that. But we want to flip the page here and really look at what are positive, proactive strategies, what are programs out there that are really tackling this issue, making a positive difference. So with that being said, Parent guardians obviously have a very important role uh, in helping uh, the teens deal with anxiety and stress. So let's talk first of all about what are some interventions that parent guardians can engage in to really help break this cycle of anxiety and depression. Mackenzie? I think the biggest thing is just opening the conversation um, with your kids about what their stress levels are like and what are healthy ways to cope with those stressors because it doesn't discriminate. I mean, it, there's kids of all all age groups and backgrounds that are self-harming and vaping. And so I think it's important to have those conversations, even if you don't think your kids would do it. So I think that's the number one thing right there. Add on to that, Megan, if you would. Um, I would definitely say having the conversation, starting the conversation, your kids are most likely not going to be the ones to come to you. You have to come to them. I know PASS offers quite a few parenting programs, but definitely the biggest thing is starting the conversation with your children. Now, one of the words that you hear commonly in this whole topic is connectivity, connectivity being the key. You know, you're not out there alone. There are people that will support you with what you're dealing with, that will listen, will take the time to really empathize with you and provide you that necessary support. 
and you both are involved in programs that do a great job with having a lot of very proactive uh, programs out there. So I'd ask both of you to share with us uh, some of those programs that deal with mental health issues for teens. Mackenzie, what about some of the things that Mary Haven is doing? Yeah, so we have many outpatient programs for for teens, um, so more on the the treatment side of things. So we have outpatient therapy for youth. They can be as young as three um, up to 18. We have um, case management and school navigation services in all of our school buildings. So that's a a service that's offered, and it's definitely the the need for has increased even more this year. And, you know, if, if a student needs psychiatry services, we have that for, for teens. Unfortunately, we don't have any teen-run groups right now at Mary Haven. I definitely think that that would be something that we would love to do in the future. And then we have programs as well for, we have a parent educator that works with some of our parents. But yeah, we have lots of outpatient services for youth. Now, are these services free? Are they underwritten or how does that work? And how? And the second part of that would be, how does somebody register for, for participation? How do they find out about these programs? Yeah. So obviously there, when you, someone comes in the doors, they run insurance that you have, but um, we have a, a great partnership with, with the mental health board and able to run the front desk at our office does this. So I don't know exactly the ins and outs, but they run like the board subsidy to see if anyone qualifies for any help with coverage. So we want to make sure that all all, and all kids are, have access to the school navigation program, no matter what their insurance is. Um, and then how to get access to the services. A lot of times, all of our school counselors and school admin, and even now some of our teachers that we've had the program in the schools for a few years, know how to refer um, students. But when school is closed, um, they still have access to it. So if they're involved in other agencies, whether that's juvenile probation or children's services, or maybe it's a student that's at PASS, any of those programs, they know how to refer and direct them to Mary Haven. So we're open from 8 a.m. until midnight during the work week. Um, and then our regular hours is like 8 to 8. But anyone can walk in with their parent or guardian um, to get services. And your programs go well beyond the school year. Your year-round programming and year-round services that you're providing. Correct. Yeah. So that's a lot of conversations I'm having with my families right now is to have those services continue in the summer so that they're helping, like, especially those fourth graders and sixth graders or even, you know, eighth graders that are transitioning to new school buildings. Um, because just that, just because school is out doesn't mean that all of these problems are just going to go away. Um, so we want to continue those services for them. And as we were just talking earlier about the transition period, that takes on added importance at this time for sure. Megan, the PASS program, we've talked about this before, but you offer many different programs for different uh, age groups of students, but highlight a few. Um, we do Too Good for Drugs, Botvin Life Skills, DBT. Um, we have the Gatekeepers Groups. Um, there's so many. Triple R, Project Alert, things like that. Excellent. And all of those programs are available. People can find out more information on your website and social media sites, correct? Yes. Perfect. Now, I came across a very interesting program that I had not heard about before, and that simply is yourmomcares.org, yourmomcares.org. It's a loaded site. It has a lot of the national resources on there, too. So you want to check that site out. And there's tons of resources out there. Uh, I'd ask each of you, what beyond your programs, there are one or two that you would recommend or suggest? Uh, Mackenzie? 
Well, actually, Maryhaven employs the the individuals for the mobile crisis response team um, through the Mosaic Project, but I definitely want to highlight that it's a program that started, I think, back in September of this of 2021. Um, so it's a crisis response team made up of a parent peer supporter and a clinician, um, and they can respond. Um, within an hour of a parent or guardian calling, um, and the youth can be up to the age of 21. So just like we have our walk-in crisis services, a parent can call that for however they identify the crisis for the clinician and the parent peer supporter to respond to their home or like schedule a time to come out, or if they just need connected to resources, they could do a variety of different things. Megan? The biggest one I would say is go to the Union County Mental Health and Recovery Board as they have all different sorts of resources on their website alone. There are a lot of outstanding resources out there available, including the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. And the, right here in Central Ohio, we have the Nationwide Children's Hospital as the behavior union, and right now they're doing a special on our sleaze program tied into mental health services. You want to check that out as well. Megan, you have some crisis numbers. I have the suicide crisis number, which is 988, which you can text or call and be linked up to a clinician. And Mackenzie? Yeah, so the uh, mobile crisis response team uh, for Union County can be contacted through the Mosaic Project, um, and their number is 833-667-2428, which is also 833-MOSAIC-U. Perfect. Thank you so much. As we wrap up, I'd like each of you to share a special message about teen mental health. And secondly, put out your organization's main social media sites. Megan? I would say you're not alone. There's so many resources out there for you. So don't be afraid to reach out for help. PASS's main website is P-A-S-S-A-A-H dot org. That's a big handle. <laughs> put that out there one more time. <laughs> P-A-S-S. A-A-H.org. Mackenzie. Yeah. So kind of what I've been saying throughout the whole thing, like it's okay to ask for help. People receive mental health services for a variety of different reasons. And again, mental um, health does not discriminate. It's important to take care of it. So um, there's lots of help out there, lots of um, ways to stay proactive. Lots of those prevention groups are important to get a part of and many places in the area to seek treatment if you need it. And then I know Mary Haven has a Facebook page that you can just look them up. Um, I believe they're on Twitter and Instagram too. Um, And then Mary Haven's website is maryhaven.com. Hey, I want to thank both of you for providing extensive value-added practical information here today and caduce to you for your leadership year-round in making a difference here in Union County tackling teen mental health. And a reminder that for additional information, you can contact Nancy Beals, the Union County, Ohio Drug-Free Coalition Coordinator. Contact Nancy Monday to Friday at nancy at mhrbuc.org. That's nancy at mhrbuc.org. Well, join us again on June 15th as we explore positive at-home activities for youth during the summer months. Until then, stay healthy and stay safe.